0: What makes a house a home? Well, it's often those moments that we share together. But as Catholic families, how can we craft holy moments? Moments when we spend time together in prayer and worship. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode, so please stay with us.
1: today's handshake or masculine virtue is that of authentic leadership so in our role as husband and as fathers whether we want to or not it is important for us to step into that role as leader not with some sort of heavy hand or big stick that uh that requires um you know heavy burdens on our family by any means but one that starts by example That's led through a servant heart, but that stands up and keeps the routine going for our family so that we can continue to be that spiritual head and guiding them towards holiness and guiding them towards all of our ultimate reward, which is eternal salvation. Well, thanks for checking in. Please consider subscribing on YouTube. If this is your first time, click that subscription button and the bell. If you prefer to listen to us on podcast players, we encourage you to definitely follow us on the podcast player of your choice. We are on all of them. We want to keep on providing episodes like this. We want to get the Catholic gentleman to more men like you. Um, We want to get it to more husbands and more fathers through our social media memes, through our um, blogs, through our uh, podcast episodes, and and actually some future goals that we have uh, for different courses and different offerings that we can provide to men to grow in holiness. And we need the help and support of men like you. So if you're one of them that's been inspired by what we're doing here at the Catholic Gentleman love it if you go over to patreon.com slash catholic gentleman just start giving us five or ten dollars so we can continue to provide this mission to those um, men who desperately need that support all right so jumping into today's episode is building a domestic church building your domestic church right so sam and i are both fathers fathers of five kids and we both have domestic churches that we are trying right. to to grow. I will be honest that when I think about my domestic church, I think more about my failures <laughs> as uh, as a domestic church, and so that's why this episode I'm looking forward to 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 talk through some of the things and habits that um, that we've put into play and that have maybe been a, a struggle, bus or a rocky start, but are now a staple of our families. Um, and then even ones that uh, that I want to get better at, you know? Right,
0: yes, absolutely. Well, I think it all goes back to our responsibility as the father of our families to lead our families. And what I see a lot of times, unfortunately, in Catholic homes is it's often the wife, the mother,
1: hmm.
0: prodding the husband, come on, let's do That's this, right. let's try this. The husband's like, all right, there's this, like, this reluctance. Uh, And or so the wife will often lead the prayers in the home. She's the one teaching the kids the faith, things like that. And that's wonderful. God bless those women. Yes. But really, how much more amazing would it be if dads and fathers stepped up and said, I'm going to lead the prayers. That's right. I'm going to come up with a devotion that we can practice as a family. I'm going to lead the way. That's right. And I bet you there would be many, many wives and mothers out there that would just be overjoyed. If the men in their life would step up and lead family prayer and devotion, yeah. that would be an incredible thing. So as, as husbands and fathers, we're going to talk about how we can do that today. Yeah. And I know for me, it's something I've grown in. There's been times when I've been a little too heavy handed. Me too. There's been times when I've pushed a little too hard. That's right. There's been times when I haven't pushed hard enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so there's, there's always room for growth. There's mm-hmm. always room for um, taking the lead in a Christ-like way.
1: Yeah, in a Christ-like way. That's so great. So for those of our listeners who don't understand what the domestic church is, right? that is living out your Catholic faith at home with your family. In imitation of the life of the parish church. That's exactly right. And so it comes from uh, the the Greek roots, um, you know, ekklosiola, Um, something along those lines that just basically means the small church. And church fathers, you can go through the writings of church fathers, and they always talk about that fertile ground, right? And we see in the catechism that we are the primary educators um, Mm -hmm. of the faith, you know, for our kids. And so we Mm -hmm. have this responsibility to build an environment, to build a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and to build um, a... um a spiritual atmosphere for all of our family members ourselves included
0: Mm -hmm. it's almost like the home is the original seminary if you will because the word seminary Mm. comes from the word seed
1: yeah
0: you're planting seeds that will bear fruit in time that's right um and every act uh that we do in our homes is planting seeds in the minds and hearts of our children that will bear fruit someday. It's not something that uh, we always see immediate results from.
1: Yeah. But
0: we're planting those seeds. And I know in my own life, I look back at how I was raised and some of the things that influenced me, for good or ill. Mm. Those were seeds planted in my soul that grow and take root and bear fruit in the long term. Um, yeah, and for, so.
1: for those men like myself who who really like to control everything including mm-hmm. the outcome of their children and how their children respond to some of these practices that we're going to get into mm-hmm. um, it can be an amazing reminder mm-hmm. that we are here to plant seeds to cultivate the soil for our kids to grow up into mm-hmm. the vacation and into the um, man or woman um, you know for God that that he has destined them to be and and that it's not, Uh, That forceful control to make them a mystic, to make them, you know, uh, this perfect uh, individual created in our images, you know? And I know I battle with that a lot. And I remember in a previous episode when we were talking about the rosaries and praying the rosary as a family and how, you know, frustrating it can be not once, twice, but for like years Mm -hmm. of your kids still not reverently Praying the entire rosary, you know, you know, beginning to end, and how uh, difficult that can be. But we need to remind ourselves that. We're here to plant seeds uh, for yes. our kids. We're mm-hmm. here to order their lives, right? Because they're mm-hmm. children. Right. And they, um, just like we are, you know, uh, succumb to concupiscence and to uh, different pleasures and vices ourselves, so are our kids, and even more so. And right. so, you know, we're here to to guide them and to plant these seeds.
0: Yeah, and so, that really gets at the heart of the why of all this. Like, yeah. why does it matter? Like, we have a parish church, right? Like, can't we just outsource Sorry. the formation <laughs> of our, uh, our yeah. families to their maybe their catholic school or maybe their parish or whatever um we kind of want to shirk that responsibility yeah. and flee from it but the why of it really goes back to our baptism i mm-hmm. think in our baptism it is a very clear participation of we're entering into the life of christ yeah we're participating in a lesser way yes but and a still in a real way in his priesthood mm. Um, and what does a priest do? Sacramentally they bring people to God and God to people yeah and as the leaders of our home we have the opportunity to bring God to our families and our families to God that is our call and our responsibility as we participate in the priesthood of Christ yeah so leading devotion in the home is a sacred responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I think every father should embrace. So that kind of leads to the question, okay, well, someone may be listening to this and thinking, that's nice. In fact, I want to do that. Mm. But where do I start? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a big responsibility. And I struggle with my own devotional life. How can I possibly lead my family? Yeah, um, yeah Start
1: it, somewhere. That's <laughs> right, exactly. And then as we go through this list that we've put together, it's important to remember that, it's going to take years to develop this, mm-hmm. you know. But but we're opening ourselves to God. We're opening ourselves to to Christ's, um, you know, inspiration and, and and guidance and actually support as we do this for our families. So mm-hmm. I do I encourage that very much uh, because I look at my own life when I've tried to to force all of these practices to happen mm-hmm. at once, and and nobody loves it, right? Your, right? your kids aren't aren't appreciating the the faith and and falling in love with it. They're just been, you know um, subjected to your right. you know, control in that situation and so um, so what a good point and I think it's really important as we go into um, our first list of uh, what we say non-negotiables right these are the um, tools or the routines that we set up in our day that help form each day but surrounded around this um, spiritual atmosphere of bringing our family closer to Christ. Right.
0: These are the things that you order your life around. So, for example, a lot of times we um, we do our uh, daily routine first, and if we have time, mm. we squeeze in a Let's devotion here or there.
1: Yeah.
0: Oftentimes, uh, what is more helpful is when you start with the non-negotiables first, and then you find those you identify those and then you order your life around that if yeah. you have other uh, someone once gave me an example that I that, that kind of stuck with me and they said that um, let's say you have uh, a, a jar yeah uh, and you pour um, sand into the jar mm-hmm. all those little grains of sand and then you try to take big things like big giant rocks and set them in the jar yeah they're not going yeah, to go anywhere. In. Yep. There's no way you're going to get those big rocks in the jar because the sand has taken up all right. the room. On the other hand, if you place the big rocks in first, mm-hmm. then you can pour all the smaller grains of sand and they'll fit in between the rocks. Well, it's kind of a metaphor for how we order our lives. If we put in prayer and devotion first, We'll have room for all the little things. Yeah. But if our lives are filled with all of the little things first, we won't have room for those big things, those big anchor points of prayer and devotion. Yeah. So start with the big stuff first, the non-negotiables first, and we'll give you some ideas here in a yep. second of what those non-negotiables can look like. But do those first, and then fit all the other little stuff in between. Yeah. And then your life will go a lot. Sweeter. That's right.
1: And we've talked about and one of the first ones this is actually not written down, but. Um, you have to take care of yourself in order to, right, how do we give what we do not have, right? Right. And so you have to take care of yourself to be able to give forth. And one of those things is the example you set by waking up before your family and -hmm. setting out your prayer time, right? And so that's one of the uh, first unnegotiables to talk about is taking care of yourself, but also setting that example um, because we have to connect ourselves as the air we breathe to our prayer time and our relationship with yeah. Christ, and and we have to do that early in the morning, right? And mm-hmm. um, what better place to do that before the um, chaos and noise of family life just yeah. uh, inundates our routine? So
0: yeah, and and that your example can stick with your kids for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. I remember John Paul II shared how he woke up one night and saw his father on his knees praying. Mm-hmm. And how that example of prayer stuck with him. And I, I I, will even say that, like, I'm not trying to brag here, but yeah. there was one time when I was, like, praying the rosary in my office. And one of my kids, you know, I always ask them to knock before they come in. But he busted in without knocking yeah. and saw me praying the rosary. And and I hope and pray that not not um, not that I was doing it to show off to him. Sure. But that that example will stick with him. Yeah. And so start with yourself. Yes. You can't give what you don't have.
1: Yeah. And so um, you need to plan an opportunity when your kid is going to bust in, and you need to get down on your knees now. No, no, um, I, no think that's, I think that, that's the thing you can't, you can't manufacture it. It. Exactly. it. Either happens or it doesn't. Praise God. And so if we're if we're consistent in our routine, you know, God brings these things out right. in ways that we couldn't imagine. So, right. yeah. What's another non-negotiable that uh, that we like to talk about?
0: So these are the th- again, these are the practices that your family engages in, and you strive to do them no matter what. Yes. So, for an example for from our family is one thing we always do no matter what no matter how late we're out no matter yeah. what we're doing we always do bedtime prayers yes and our kids just like they get so upset if i forget and they'll remind yeah they always always do bedtime prayers and so we have like a little mini liturgy that we've kind of concocted right. over the years yeah. where it's just like you know on our father hail mary a guardian angel prayer saint michael prayer things like that where we go through, and then we all finish by singing the Salve Regina awesome. in Latin. Now, people underestimate kids. They say, Salve Regina in Latin? Kids can't learn Latin. Sure they can. Yeah. Kids are sponges. They soak up I whatever, know. and we just sang it until they learned it. Awesome. And now, you know, we have our three, three-year-old and five-year-old singing the Salve Regina in Latin. They know it. Um, that, that's not to brag, but it's just to show that kids are capable of a lot more than we think that's they right. are. Um, so just do it. Build a routine into your family life. Do things every day without fail and it'll soak into their soul to the point where they're going to look back on that you know 40 years from now and hopefully look back with fond memories of those moments we shared together when we would light candles you know, in the dark and say our family prayers together. I hope it sticks with
1: them. Yeah, agreed. And another one is morning prayers in in tandem with Mm -hmm. uh, the evening prayers is bookending your day with your kids in prayer, you know. And so it's something that um, I'm working to get better at. I always take care of myself right I get that, that prayer time in but then sometimes my kids come down and they'll see me praying and I'll pray with them real quick um, but we do have a routine in the morning um, that uh, that we'll go through and that it's great to be consistent we pray uh, you know an Immaculate Mary um, you know prayer as a family and um, you know all your sufferings and joys that we experience throughout this day uh, we give to um, we give to her and so it's it's really great to to bookend your domestic church, the day of your domestic yeah. church, with opening and closing in prayer. Another big rock that, uh, that we have started, and actually I was thinking of it as you were talking about the Salve Regina, is praying the rosary together mm-hmm, as a family. Yes. So that's one of the big rocks that I will say Um, kids as sponges. My um, daughter, Gemma, my oldest, when she was three, three and a half, she could pray it in English, and she could pray the Hail Mary and Our Father in Latin Mm because we would vary it up. And... And I remember just being so inspired mm-hmm. by that, by her ability to... And it's adorable. A three it year is. Old it's adorable. <laughs> right. yes. it, it is. It is. And she's adorable. And so, yeah, and being able to... Um, yeah, hear her say the paternoster, you know, and, and just, just going through this was just so fascinating that she just picks it up like a sponge. Yeah. But the point is is that you know praying the rosary and all of the great graces and in mm-hmm. and, you know and, and mysteries and promises that we behind, have behind the rosary yeah. that's something we do as a family um it's something we did as a family without fail for you know about 6 years and then mm-hmm. we started you know missing it right? right and and by god's grace over the last you know couple of years we've been back on and we do it as a family yeah, rosary right. but that that time in between was was trying to find God in other ways. And it was certainly, you know, five kids coming, you know, rapidly. And so I don't want to, you know, pretend like um, there was any sense of perfection and, and my ability of right. building this domestic church. But it's really great because it calms the kids down in the evening time. Yes. You know, they, they pray along with you. They they each have um, uh, their s- uh, separate spot. But then even that connection between the domestic church to our actual um, parish church mm-hmm. that we go to is so great i will argue that because we require our kids to to pray for a 20 20 30 minute um, rosary they each get to offer their intentions every day when we go to mass it's not like once a week they all of a sudden have to sit still and be um, right. you know be reverent or at least you know sit still for this in their case and, and it helps. It helps because we've been, mm-hmm. uh, it's a part of our domestic church. So then when they go to the actual parish church, they're so much better behaved. Of course, there's the times when they're not, but uh, <laughs> but generally speaking.
0: Yeah, right. So. And also one thing I just want to add that's not necessarily non-negotiable, but it's a great idea, is create a sacred space in your home mm. to do these, practice these family devotions. Yeah. Set a, set up a little mini uh altar in your home. Like we have a we have a little short bookcase. Yeah. Uh, like half bookcase that we have. And then we, we put a beautiful cloth on top of it. Mm. We've got the candles, the statues, the crucifix. We got a little lamp hanging above it. Amen. Um, some sacred artwork behind it. And it creates a sense of sacredness. What is the sacred? A lot of times it's what's set apart, what is not ordinary mm. in our life. Mm-hmm. It's a special place set aside for prayer and devotion. So setting up a sacred space maybe lighting a stick of incense you know we got some frankincense uh scented incense lighting some candles it's a beautiful atmosphere it smells great it's gets all the senses engaged it can make something like the rosary that much more engaging and beautiful and the kids love it and they, they all like blowing out the candles and everything like that and and um, so set up set up a like sacred it. space in your home.
1: Yep, absolutely. I love it. And uh, so another thing within the non-negotiables is we're talking about the days, right? We're talking about the days, but how about the weeks, right? And so right. obviously going to Mass on Sundays yes. is one that not only is a non-negotiable uh, about your domestic church, but it's also a requirement of our yeah. faith. Um, but also giving up meat on Fridays, mm-hmm. right? And I've got this uh, cute situation where um, my... Uh, A six-year-old came up to me and said, Dad, why do we give up meat on Fridays? And me trying to be, you know, more academic was like, well, why do we go to church on Sundays? And she was like, you know, obviously she got that because Christ... um, you know, because Christ raised um, from the uh, was raised from the dead on on he resurrected on Sundays, and so we celebrate you know Christ's um, passion, death, and resurrection on Sundays. And I said, great. So why do we give up meat on Fridays? And she looked at me and she goes, because we're made of meat. <laughs> and, and I said. swing and a miss and I said um I go yeah and so we talked about Christ I go well you know that's adorable I laughed and then we talked about how um well we give up meat on Fridays right uh because we remember Christ's suffering and death on Fridays and um because it's a requirement of the church to abstain, um, you know, from something. Mm -hmm. And here in the USCCB 1966 pastoral uh, letter, right, we have to abstain from something. Um, We we choose, as do so many faithful Catholic families, to abstain from meat on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And that can set up also a rhythm in your church because... The, uh, sorry, in your domestic church, because the Fridays that you have, like a first class feast day or a solemnity, yes, and you don't have to have same for me. Your kids experience that. It's so much more meaningful. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's so much more meaningful. So, yeah. anyways, so that's just a short list of a few non negotiables to to um, to guide the family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, that, and I want to emphasize too that it looks different for everyone. Yes. What those non negotiables are, we're not saying that everybody has to pray a family rosary, although mm-hmm. many popes recommend it. Yep. Uh, but um, still, there's no one right way to do this. Every family is different. Every family has different challenges. It's true. Every family has different obstacles, but prayerfully discern what's best for your family. Strive to do something. It doesn't have to be long or burdensome. It can yeah. only be a few minutes a day. But find a practice that you can incorporate in your family life no matter what.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was a time that I was working two jobs... And um, and just being consistent with that evening rosary just wasn't there because I was working two jobs. Right. And so that's a really good point about how God calls different areas in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but as consistent as we can be with these um, non-negotiables, as we stated, is it's important.
0: And there's times and seasons. Yeah. I remember one time when I was a zealous new convert and we had our babies were like one and two. Yeah. Like super young. I know. I remember tried we tried play, playing a family rosary oh, no. with a one and two year old and they were squirming and screaming uh, and like so they couldn't do it. No, and and neither it was could just you
1: because of But that. it was the
0: wrong time. Yeah. I was crying too soon. Yeah. Like I had the right intentions but it was just wasn't the right time. It wasn't a good practice for our family at that time. Yeah. But years later, now we can do it. They're much older and they're fully engaged with the process. So...
1: Yeah, it at that time, bad. I love it. And so some negotiables are some things that, um, again, every family does differently, and they might not be um, incredibly consistent in your family. Um, but one of them that I really love, mm-hmm. and you can start creating traditions, right? And I mm-hmm. guess that's another thing we're talking yeah. about here is creating traditions within your domestic church, mm-hmm. just like traditions of the of, of Holy Mother Church, yes. you know, set forth, is celebrating the feast day of your kids, yes. right? So. For Sam and I, we chose saint names and things like that for our kids, and that's not a requirement by any means. But since we did, when St. Gemma, Gianna, David, Stephen, Joseph, when their um, feast days come up on the calendar, like Joseph, he gets a lot of feast days, no. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but when they come up on the calendar, we do something special. And if I'm being honest, at this point in my life with five kids and my youngest being 14 months, um, we while we do something special, it's not always well planned out often it's like the night before we're like oh my goodness is the feast day tomorrow let's let's do something but we try and do something i do know a great catholic family that actually make it a point on their uh, child's feast day to Mm -hmm. take them out um to take that child on like a daddy-daughter date um in the morning to go get like breakfast you know and stuff like that and so again that's not something that i do i definitely uh, ascribe towards doing something like that but but celebrating um, uh, your feast days or celebrating uh, uh, something special. And again, your kid... Might name might not not have a particular patron saint that has a feast day celebrated, but maybe they've fallen in love with a saint, right? Yes. And that can be a day that that's right. set apart throughout the year uh, for them. Yes, so.
0: exactly. And kind of along those lines, just celebrating feast days as a family, whether or not it's a name day or not, yeah, um, can be a great practice to bring the liturg- liturgical life of the church into your home. So what we kind of do is we have a we have a wall calendar yeah. at home that. Every month, at the beginning of the month, we go through all the feast days of that month. We say, which ones do we want to celebrate? Um, And maybe there'll be one that's related to, yes, a a patron saint. But sometimes it's just one that's cool. Like Feast of St. George um we do, bu- we do a we do like a big saint george and the dragon thing yeah. for our kids and the boys of course love it they dress up as saint george they go and fight you know the dragon pinata or whatever yeah, it happens exactly. to me and uh so it's just a fun feast day the one that we just did recently as of this recording yeah. was a uh, feast of saint john the baptist, baptist yeah it's a great time for bonfires Fires. Um, and celebration. So say on, on the eve of Saint John the Baptist, we had a fire in our backyard and we played some music and we you know it. just hung out in the backyard, had some snacks, and the kids loved it. yeah. And it just brings again the liturgical life of the year into your home uh, in a beautiful way and there's, and there's inevitably awesome feast days for whatever season of the year it is, whether it's spring or summer or fall or winter. There's always very cool feast days and lots of traditions around them that you can kind of pick from and incorporate.
1: Right. And these are holy traditions, right? And you can think about Christmas and Lent, obviously. Those are are easier ones to think about, Advent and Lent, Um, but... But, yeah, my family does uh, the Feast of Immaculate Conception, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was when I uh, proposed to my wife. And uh, that's a day that we both uh, f- um, do our St. Louis de Montfort, our, our total consecration to her, you know, each year. That's mm-hmm. that's when we end. And so that's a very special day. And we do things like angel food cake or sugar cookies, white, you know, for yes. purity, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the Feast of, of the Immaculate Conception. And I think that's great. And I love the bonfire of St. Joseph I went yes. to. I went to a, a friend's house in uh Houston area, um, and they do it upright. Like, there's a huge bonfire, and everybody brings their... Um uh, sacramentals that are no longer working and stuff like that. So you can throw into the bonfire and have them, um, you know, a torch, there's a priest there who blessed the bonfire and then, and then you can appropriately dispose of these sacramentals and things like that. So, so broken and frayed scapulars are, you know, going up in in the fire (laughs) of God. And so, uh, that's a great thing. I also thinking about Advent and Lent that I just mentioned was doing something during Lent as a family, Right. And that's a great practice that you can get into to building your domestic church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of actually a couple things as a family, um, but one of them is that we we veil all of our sacred images yes, and statues. We do too, yes. Great, mm-hmm. and so in we, purple, in yeah. purple. That's right. And then um, I, uh, you know, being. Uh, part of the personal area of the Church of Saint Peter, uh, it's crimson during, um, you know, from Palm Sunday, um, you know, through uh, Holy Week. So you have this crimson color, and then black on on Good Friday and everything. And but it really just changes the whole. Well, it's feel very solemn, of your, yeah. Absolutely, of your house, um, but also giving something up as a family, right? So right. whether it's TV that you give up or sugar, or sweets that you give up as a family, but it's something that unifies your domestic church and, mm-hmm. and your family and, and then it becomes what the kids and your yourself all expect yeah. year over year. So. Yeah,
0: one thing we do just to share is um, we have we call it, called sacrifice beans for Lent oh, okay. where we take a, a, a jar and there's a, some, some just little, you know beans from the grocery store and you just take one for every sacrifice you make, and you put it in the jar. Oh, wow, yeah. And you can see the, the jar piling up. Uh-huh. And then on Easter Sunday, they all transform into jelly beans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the kids love that. Awesome. Like, but, they, but they it gets them thinking it. about, how can I make a sacrifice for my family, mm. like for my siblings, for my parents? And they get very creative about the sacrifices they'll make. But, but uh, it's a great way to just teach them about the nature of sacrifice. Yeah. And of course, they love jelly
1: beans. (laughs) I think that's great. Um, A big one, and this has, uh, I guess, far more spiritual weight um, and uh, direction within the church, is the enthronement of your house to the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart um, of Jesus and Mary. So the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so there is a. A formula and a prescription for the enthronement to the sacred heart. Mm -hmm. If you are unaware of that, as so many uh, really devout and faithful Catholics still are, um, Google it. Mm -hmm. The promises of peace and unity for those who devote themselves to the image Mm -hmm. of the sacred heart in their home have miracle stories up the wazoo. So, um, you know... Um, you've got this uh, a gr- grandparents um, or parents that kids are out of the home and they, they feud and hate each other and they do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and there are miracle stories that within a year or two years, um, everybody's reconnected. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there's a prescription on the feast of the sacred heart where you enthrone. And then, um, uh, we reconsecrate ourselves to the sacred heart. Every time we just passed it in June, you know, yeah. um, uh, this, uh, the enthronement ceremony. And then the other thing is, is that throughout your day, you have to put the, the, the image of the sacred heart in a place of prominence in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be more prominent than your big screen TV. Yes. And you put, because it's your King of Kings, right? It's your King. And, um, and showing reverence to that, so I actually will um, um, will bow down to the Sacred Heart yes. um, in the mornings, and um, and it's it's really important, and it's it's a great thing uh, <clears throat> filled with graces and devotions uh, set forth by the Church, and a great thing that you can do um, as a family.
0: Yeah. So. Well, those are just a few ideas, but there's really almost infinite ways. Yes. To bring the liturgical life of the church into your home, so get creative um, and bring your wife involved. Get your wife involved yeah. too. I mean, this, this doesn't have to be just you. But the point is, initiate.
1: Yeah. Start
0: the conversation. Lead. Don't wait until your wife brings it up. Bring it up. Yeah. Say, honey, we want to celebrate some feast days in our home. Or, honey, we're gonna we're gonna try praying a novena to a saint, um, or we're going to pray a litany on yeah. this feast day or whatever. But the point is, as men, we're supposed to take the lead. We're not supposed to wait until our wife uh, harasses us or pokes us or right. you know, asks us to do these devotions. Let's take the lead as men. Let's be the priests of our home. Let's set the tone. Um, through our own behavior, and through initiating these conversations.
1: Yeah. And if you are listening in, please leave in the comments section um, devotions and practices that you do as a family, right? Because Sam and I are always open to learning. We'd love other ideas that we we can utilize and institute within our domestic churches. And having that collaboration is really important. Um, so moving from these negotiables and non-negotiables, and um, one other thing that we want to talk about is kind of like the atmosphere of your home, right? Right. So <clears throat> if you don't have a general atmosphere uh, that when somebody who's non-Catholic walks mm-hmm. in and can't pretty quickly tell that you're that you're Catholic, then you might be missing something. Right. And... Um, and uh, you know, so we're talking about everything from like, do you have, and again, these are individual um, choices and preferences, but do you have uh, Catholic statues in in your house? Mm-hmm. right? We okay. have one of St. Louis de Montfort, the one where he's standing on on the demon, you know, and he's right. holding the true devotion. and sorry, the demon's holding the true devotion and and Saint. Louis de Montfort's got the cross. It's in the Vatican and it's it's just an awesome one. Saint. Joseph and Our Lady, um, different statues also have different artwork. Right.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard someone say once that education is 90% atmosphere. Mm. So yes, there's the content that's important, but atmosphere is what really sticks with your kids and, and seeps into seeps into their psyche. So this yeah. is engaging all the senses in your home. So again, burning incense when you're saying your family prayers or yes, having that sacred artwork it's the unspoken things, not the things that you do consciously choose to do, but it's the things that are in the background in your home that shape the atmosphere of it. Um, so we have sacred art in our home. It's not... There Was been times when I've got a little carried away yeah, and it looks right. like, uh, you know, the Vatican Museum <laughs> or something like that. But the point is, you don't have to go crazy. Yeah. But tastefully choose sacred art that is meaningful to you and to your family. Um, we have icons in our home. We yeah, have uh, paintings. We have statues. We have, and again, really the focal point of all of that is our home altar. Yeah. Where we really have put a lot of effort into beautifying that sacred space. That's awesome. Um, and making that a place where we gather to do family prayers. And it was funny you were saying, like, don't make the TV prominent.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of times you walk into our house and like you don't even see the TV. Yeah. It's like hidden away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And but what you do see is what you were saying is like sacred art. And that's really what sticks with people when they come to our home. At least I hope people have made comments, but it's it's something that sets the tone. Yeah. What's important to us, what's primary to us, what's the priority in our home. That's right. It's the sacred. Uh, and so our kids uh, are very aware of that, and um, you know we we really try hard to craft that atmosphere in and intention. That's way. right,
1: and the atmosphere sets the stage, right? It is the exterior sign of our interior devotion of what is most right. important in our life, mm-hmm. right? Do you have crucifixes um, on the walls above your bed? You know, do you have? Uh, can people notice those things? And I also want to be cautious about. Um, There's a habit, and it's not necessarily wrong, but it's the idea that you utilize these things more for um, aesthetical artwork, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and less for devotional practices in your church, right? So you get the. you know, pray hope and and laugh or pray hope and love. And and then you get like um, a wall of a few crosses with mirrors on them and stuff like that, you know. And while these things aren't bad and they can set the stage, they're not quite the depth of the devotions that we're talking about or the atmosphere that we're set forth. Like, um, you know, we used to have a holy water font Right when you walked into our house, um, then our kids broke it and they destroyed it, and we, you know, so so yeah, we tried that too, and new, it didn't go so well. New season, different seasons, yes, right? right? And so these are the things that are um, we feel important for for setting forth uh, your domestic church and actually living it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, there's there's room for creativity here. There's no runway way. Um, but I, I do want to just suggest if people are like, "Well, I really need concrete guidance." Okay, what you're yeah. saying is is great, but I, I need some guidance. There's a couple books that I want to recommend. Awesome. One is called The Little Oratory great. by David Clayton, and he really goes through step by step a, a lot of the things that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives practical suggestions for sacred artwork and things like that. Another one is is All year by Kendra Tierney. Yep. she my wife loves that book because yeah. there's tons of ideas for feast days and things like that. So get some get some guidance if you need guidance, right? But the point is do something, yeah. do something. Um, it's It's so important that again, we take the lead in, in leading our family spiritually. Get your wife on board. Uh, she's your collaborator. You know, she's I mean, she's going to have wonderful ideas, no doubt. You That's don't have right. to be dictatorial about this. That's right. The point is, start the conversation. How can you make your home a place your kids will look back 30, 40 years from now and say, I grew up yeah. in a wonderful Catholic home where there was joy, there was laughter, there was fun, and we said prayers together, and they have looked back on that with form, fond, warm memories yeah. of... That's those are the seeds, the spiritual seeds that will bear fruit someday.
1: Yeah, agreed. And if I could add to that, Catholic Sprouts—they're doing a great job of coming out with these um, kids' books, even for one-year-olds. You know, right? And they—they're these—they're these. these, uh, What are those called? Uh, Board books, right? That that kids can't destroy. Um, They also have um, whole coloring books and things like that um, for kids. And the other thing that I uh, was, you know, thinking of while you were talking. Um, about this is that while our wives might be passionately in love with some of these devotions and practices, we can still lead by by respecting that yes. and by, um, by maybe being the first, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine if, if the husband was, uh, you know, the first person to buy Kendra Tierney's book or, yes, you know, right. or go to Catholic Sprouts, you know? It might be so... Um, Uh, cause such friction within your own nature to to have to think about what you're going to buy for a one-year-old, you Mm -hmm. know, or how you're going to have to do these things, but we encourage you to. And another tangible thing is just start by buying crucifixes, right? Buy some Mm -hmm. crucifixes that you can put on the wall over Mm -hmm. the bed, you know, and that can be a great start because you bring up such an important thing. Praying the rosary together as a family is a lot more difficult to do and actually achieve than... Putting crucifixes up in your wall, right? You know, and so we've got to start somewhere, and that mm-hmm. reminder and that openness to God uh, can start there. You know, yeah. so.
0: well, and there's one, there's um, one last thing I want to mention, yeah. just because it's something that I've found super meaningful, and my kids love it, is uh, blessing your children. Yeah, this yeah. is something so cool. Amen. Uh, we have a little holy water bottle at home. Yep, it's a very simple blessing. But I go through each child intentionally and say their name. You know, may Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you, and then the child's name mm. for a time and eternity, and may this blessing remain forever with you. And the kids love that. Like they just they ask for it all the time, and it, you can just see their eyes light up when I'm when I'm you know I place my hand on their head yeah. and make the sign of the cross with holy water on their forehead, and they just love that. And I think that's a privilege Fascinated. that we have as a father to give our children our blessing.
1: That's right, and and because Sam is not going to plug it, it's in his book, The Catholic (laughs) Gentleman, so uh, definitely what a great thing, and I do that as well. I also bless my kids uh, when they're asleep um, for protection, you know, mm-hmm. in their sleep, um, I used to have exercised oil that I would bless them with in their mm-hmm. sleep. Exercise oil is amazing, you know, um, for uh, protection against uh, nightmares and things like that. So, yeah, these are great things that we as men have the authority and privilege to do uh, with our family. So,
0: yeah, well, men, uh, it's a it's a privilege to do these things. It's a privilege to lead our families. It will bring you great joy. So we encourage you. Whatever you do, do something. Find those non-negotiables. Find those negotiables, and uh, lead your family to heaven.
1: Amen. Time for a nightcap. That's right. So
0: this one's going to be a little bit different, yeah. completely off-topic. Yeah. But
1: it's just something
0: that's a uh, it's fun. It's a uh, something that, uh, as I've been traveling recently, has been coming handy, and that is. Um, uh, a watch roll. I have a, a couple watches. <laughs> um, it's something that I find enjoyable. It's kind of a, a hobby, if you will. But uh, I have a a roll, a travel roll for my watches. Now, maybe watches aren't your thing, but there are a lot of, like, really cool travel accessories like this for 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 pens. Yeah. For um, knives the pipe they kit. have. Yep. Pipes. Yeah. So travel accessories but for me watch roll something that's really cool something i enjoy it feels
1: great yeah it wasn't
0: that expensive um and it can really enhance your travel experience yeah so.
1: yeah and there it is it's leather again we like leather, that's right we love so. leather yes <laughs> so anyways well thanks for sharing sam and and um yeah it is real cool so um well great well thanks for joining us and as we um remind ourselves um every time we get to film one of these episodes.
0: Be a man, be a saint.